0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of A Volunteer Review. Now, I know it's been a while, but we've got three of the greats here today. We've got Thomas, we've got Justin, and myself, Jeff. How are you fellas doing tonight? Not bad about yourself, Jeff. I'm pretty well, pretty well. Love your shirt, Thomas. I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, thanks. So, we've had, I started even at least with all of the COVID stuff and all of that nonsense with the government shutting things down, not letting people go to stores. And then after that, it just seems like it's gotten worse, you know, as far as food goes, the inflation prices going up.
1: Yeah. You would think a lot of it was, uh, after the COVID restrictions and everything died throughout the country. I mean, of course, some States, uh, they kept those in longer than others. Uh, but, once everything started up, back, and running, you would think the supply chain would have caught up eventually. I mean, it's been over a year now, and they you still hear there's supply chain issues, not to mention uh, issues with keeping employees. Um, I just left a warehouse job, and I can tell you nobody's liking it in the warehouse industry right now. Um, and a lot of it's just because stores are still you know catching up. And these distribution centers can't keep up the pace. Mm. Seems like at least. And then you have the issues with truckers. Um, you had the, uh, Oh, in Canada, what was it? The truckers convoy or whatever.
0: Yeah. 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 You didn't see so much of that in the U S that's true. That's true. But hey, the, just the pressure all around, you know, yeah. I, until very recently I was working in a hospital and, just regularly, huge parts of the shipment were just missing because they mm. couldn't get the foods. And with all of that, add in there's been a huge number of explosions, mysterious fires. At I was gonna bring that up, but I wasn't sure. Processing facilities, planes crashing into them mysteriously, leaks of dangerous yeah. chemicals mysteriously. Yeah, a lot yes. of <laughs> You
2: know, there was a there's a chicken processing place I saw today. I don't know when it happened, but there was. 5.3 million chickens had to be cold because one of them tested positive for like avian flu or something.
0: Yeah. And that's, I mean, the, what, what's going to happen? I mean, the chickens might die if they get the flu. So let's oh, have been able them them to find
1: chicken thighs for like six months or no, I'm sorry, chicken breasts. Yeah. Every yeah. time you go to the store, it's that's gone.
0: It's It was never there in the first place. So, and that, and I've, I've heard, I saw a headline. I'm trying to find it uh ireland i think has pledged to like kill over a million cows for climate change
2: yeah Yeah, sheep too i think
0: yeah it's it's ridiculous and all of these pressures together it at the very least food prices are going to go up even more and they're probably going to keep going up Uh, that's that's what i foresee if not outright meanwhile
2: you've got inflation going on
0: yeah yeah. but we know the price is going to is going to keep going up. That's not. Going I heard
1: anywhere. that uh, the issues that are going on over there in Eastern Europe with uh, Ukraine and Russia could also cause uh, a lot of issues throughout the planet. Really, because isn't Russia like one of the largest exporters of fertilizer? Yeah, fertilizer
2: for sure in Russia. And then also on top of that, between <coughs> Ukraine and Russia, I think they produce around a third of the world's wheat supply. I'm not too sure on that number. There's been varying. <laughs> data yeah. on it but it's somewhere around that that's mm-hmm.
0: awesome that's going to lead to just great things yeah so between all of these things it's a huge pressure on an already shaky system that's shaky from covid uh, the government's restrictions on that so part of part of our philosophy here at voluntarism in action is individual responsibility you got to be able in a good place yourself in order to take care of other people and help them so and that's one reason I wanted Thomas to come in because he's our resident survivalist (laughs) I'll take it (laughs) because we wanted (laughs) to get your perspective because most people can't afford to you know go full survivalist and prepper and put away hundreds of pounds of freeze-dried food or anything like that. But what we need is some simple steps that people can take if, you know, all of a sudden there's no food at the grocery store for maybe the next month. Yeah,
2: certainly. Yeah, the freeze-dried food option just is really just for most people to get to the point where they'd be able to survive on it for quite a bit of time. It's just not very economically feasible. Um, so, what I like to tell people to do is focus on the staples, right? Your rice, your beans, corn, wheat, um, all the basics that kind of create the foundation of what your diet is or what would take to sustain you, um, your basic macronutrients. Um, and rice, you know, it's still pretty inexpensive to get a fairly large amount of rice at uh, Sam's Club or Costco or any big box store. Um, you know, you can get 50 pound bags. I'm not sure what the prices are now, but know, for, for how much, how many calories you're getting, um, it's, it's really a good value. Um, and the added benefit is it'll store for quite a long time because of, you know, it's dried, it's already pretty shelf stable. Um, if you were to vacuum pack it in Mylar bags, you know, last for decades, um, pretty much. Um, so that's where I like to tell people to start uh, when it comes to, you know, their food supply, like just kind of creating a buffer between them and the grocery store running out of food. Um, That's definitely the best starting point. Um, From there, you know, you want to add in canned goods. Um, You know, you can find most canned goods, fairly inexpensive. um, And there's always deals on them. You know, they're running, you know, buy and get one free deals, you know, 30% off whatever it is at your store. Um, Mm -hmm. You can see deals pretty much rotate one week to the next by the brand. Um, and just, you know, when you go to the store and you buy one, just instead of doing just one by two of it, um, that way you can slowly build up your supply without creating, you know, this much of a really big economic burden on every single, you know, grocery store trip, you know, just little by little at a time. Um, and also one of the big things I like to do personally, um, is whenever I go to the store, I go straight to the reduced meat section. Kroger's got a, you know, where I shop is got a reduced meat section and, I try to go in the middle of the week. That way it's less likely to be picked over and there's more fresh stuff to find. Um, but lately it's been, you know, pretty well packed and I've been able to get some good deals and just throw stuff in the freezer. Um, and so if you've got a big freezer, you know, like mine, I just, I've got a broken freezer and I fixed it myself for like 80 bucks and now I've got you know, a freezer I can pack full of you know meat. And when I get it on, you know, get it on sale, and get it, you know, half price, 60% off, 70% off. That's a huge savings to me. Um, and I, I definitely highly recommend trying to find a way to do that um, and check out your local stores and see if they have those.
0: Hmm. How long does food last in the freezer? Like a hunk uh, of meat? How long well,
2: it last? so, I mean, it depends. Like if it's, if it's really processed down, like say it's, you know, something that's ground down, like ground beef or whatever, it's going to last less time. Um realistically safely it's debatable um yeah if if you vacuum seal it that really helps a ton getting oxygen out of there because oxygen is what starts that process of you know breaking it down um if it's say like a huge side of beef or like a big brisket that hasn't really been processed at all um that's going to last a lot longer because it's just it hasn't been processed it hasn't been exposed to oxygen as much um So really what it comes down to more than anything is like the flavor and the quality of the meats, not so much like the actual safety of it, where that does eventually come into play, um, but it's less of a risk um, than really just the quality of it's going to change over time. But, you know, you can expect, I don't know, I've, you know, I've probably say a year or two, um, it'll maintain quality and flavor before you start to notice any differences. That's what I found in my own personal experience
1: that's pretty good that's why a lot of folks when they it when they hunt or people that do hunt they they will uh dry freeze everything or i'm sorry put everything in freezer bags uh yeah. suck all the oxygen out of it make sure that it's gonna last a good time most uh, i'm pretty sure by next hunting season the freezer's empty so it's usually about a year year and a half so yeah. do you have to
0: have like a fancy machine to get oh, like a food Dude, so you can get one of
1: those for like 20 bucks at walmart can't you thomas
2: yeah yeah you can definitely i mean it depends on the quality of you know the one you want to get but yeah 20 30 bucks you can get like a base model one for sure um but yeah and you can i mean there's other ways to do it too right you you could do the water displacement method where you put your meat into a ziploc bag and you have a you know pot full of water and you just submerge it till all the oxygen comes out the top and then you just seal it, <laughs> just you <pushes> know. it. <laughs> yeah i mean that's the poor man's way of doing it and that works perfectly fine hmm. Um, It's not going to be, like, all the oxygen, but it's going to be, you know, 99.9% of the oxygen, right?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Very nice. For somebody that's stashing food away for any future time. And the funny thing is about all this is just a few years ago, I was doing these things. Um, Just kind of, I was more worried about, I think, like, inflation and stuff like that. But then COVID hit. All of a sudden, these things are not crazy ideas. Yeah. Your average mom and dad on the corner are doing this kind of stuff now.
2: And a lot of it's, you know, it's not even at this point that it's not not just the shortages, but it's also the prices. You know, with Mm -hmm. the dollar being devalued, this is like the best way to start, you know, stave off the future inflation is by buying stuff at prices now with the dollar value you currently have and converting that into something that's going to be a better store of value. Yeah. So in a way, this is kind of a combat to inflation as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, you think just like a couple of years ago, you get a dozen eggs for like a dollar, dollar fifty. Now three dollars plus.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I was reading an article just a couple of weeks ago about how eggs have gone up uh, on average around one hundred and forty percent in price. Yeah.
0: All right. So putting aside now, even if it's just a little bit, three benefits in the long run, not for sure. only if suddenly you can't uh, can't get any food, but even if you just have to eat it normally, if uh, the price is too high, yeah. it's left the store now. Yeah. So, Thomas, one thing that I thought of is that you know, many people get this stuff and they set it aside, put it in the back of a cabinet or something, and then by the time they remember it, it's past the best buy date. Right. Is, is there a way that you use to kind of remind yourself oh yeah I got to use this food so what I like life.
2: to do is the same method that they use at the grocery store um FIFO first in first out um we've got a roller can system um in our pantry where basically stuff's on a roller so you put in the new one at the top it rolls through the back comes out the bottom <laughs> so you've got your oldest one you know is your most readily available you pull from the bottom put your new ones in the top and that's the freshest and so that's that's going to store longer um, that way, when you go to use it, you know, you're using, you're using stuff way before, well, before it goes, you know, past date. Um, so that's definitely, you know, the best method. And of course, you know, there's some growing pains there. Cause you start getting stuff. It's like, okay, cool. I want to get this, or get this. I need this to like survive. Right. But it's like, if it's not something you're going to eat regularly, why are you getting it? You know? Like if you hate Brussels sprouts, you buy canned Brussels sprouts, then, you know, what's the point, right?
0: It was on sale.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because by by the time you use it, you know, it may be bad. Now, with canned foods as well, the dates are pretty arbitrary. A lot of them are just flavor guarantees.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, And so you can eat canned goods easily a couple years past whatever the date says as well. Mm, um nice. the the main thing you really just want to trust your senses more than anything like your nose and you you know you taste if you want to taste if it smells okay and then you taste it and it tastes bad it's probably bad you know like just mm. trust your instincts i'm not sure how to follow
0: up that yeah
2: so uh, another thing i was going to say is like so that, that's a good starting point right to start with the staples then go to your cane goods mm-hmm. um your freezer items obviously if it's a grid down situation where just like so societal collapse happens we have no power grid anymore freezer's not going to work for that right um but it's a pretty unlikely scenario um or i guess not not very high on the categories of things that can happen or will happen or mo- most likely to happen i should say
0: mm-hmm.
2: even even though it can't happen you know um cuz we do have a pretty fragile uh, electrical grid as well
0: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> um but that aside you know freezer's going to be pretty well um but on top of that, like, so that's kind of like this, uh, I guess, reactionary um, kind of way to go about things. From there, you can kind of get into like the proactive side where you're growing your own food. Um, you know, you're creating your own grocery store more or less um, by by having your own supply that you've got recurring. Um, and that's something, you know, everybody can start today, even if you live in a apartment. I mean, if you've got a windowsill, you can grow microgreens. you know, you can always do something. Um, you know, if you've got a patio, you can grow potatoes and those are pretty calorie dense. Um, you know, you can grow them in buckets and you're going to get quite a big return on investment. Um, you know, potatoes and onions, any of your root vegetables grow pretty easy on patios. Um, so, you know, there's, there's no matter where you live, there's always options for growing your own food for the most part. Um, really all you need is the sunlight and water and then your soil um you know but from there you know once you're able to start growing your own then you want to start getting into the preservation side so you create your own stockpiles that way as well instead of you're trying to transition from having grocery store supply everything to being your own source and then stockpiling that um to stay prepared Um, so canning is really good. Uh, you know, I don't know if y'all noticed, but I definitely noticed when, when COVID hit, like finding mason jars, is just like impossible. And even more so than the jars, the lids, like the lids are the big thing because you can reuse the, you know, jars themselves, the lids, when you reseal them, you know, once you seal them and that seal's broken, you got to get a new lid.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah. Then that'd be a hot commodity for sure. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) They were hard to find before COVID hit yeah yeah let mm-hmm. alone after mm-hmm. so on the topic of <clears throat> growing and being more self-sufficient that's also one of the yearly this is their second year in a row carry options that we have ongoing is the rooted involuntarism so that's a really cool one where we partnered with is it true leaf
2: yeah true leaf yeah. market
0: yes true leaf market to get heirloom seeds that we then contribute to folks who are looking to do exactly what you're talking about, Thomas, to even in their backyard, on a windowsill patio, plant some plants, get some vegetables, a little bit of return, create that kind of buffer, like you said, between themselves and the grocery store. So that's an option that's available. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the reason we went
2: with heirloom seeds as opposed to any other um, just regular seeds, because we wanted to kind of create this ability for anybody that got those seeds to continually uh, create resources for themselves because the big difference between your GMO seeds and your heirloom seeds, the heirloom seeds are going to grow again year after year. you can save the seeds, replant them the following year versus, you know, you can plant, uh, you know, your GMO seeds, get your, uh, whatever you're, you're growing, you can get the seeds from that. But the following year, those seeds aren't going to be able to be used to create any new plants. Um, And so, you you know, after one cycle, they're pretty much wasted. You'd have to go out and buy seeds again versus your heirloom seeds. You're constantly uh, uh, replenishing your cycle. And in fact, actually kind of increasing your ability and expanding your capability of doing so because you're getting more seeds with every harvest.
0: Nice. And that's like you said at the beginning, that's part of what you have to do in order to take care of other people take care of yourself first, because then from that, that surplus of seeds, you're going to be able to give them to someone else who needs that same help. Yeah, certainly for
2: sure. Um, And, you know, I think the farther we go along in time, it's going to become more and more kind of mandatory that we just have to do this because these food shortages aren't stopping um, you know, the way the food system is changing, whether you believe it's manipulated or whether you believe it's just complete happenstance and this is the way things are happening. Um, the the bottom line is the system we are currently in is crumbling in one way or another. Um, you know, even the UN is stating that we've got 80 to 100 more harvests left before the soil is just completely stripped of all nutrients and is unusable, um, which is you know, about 40 to 50 years. So Mm -hmm. that should alarm pretty much everyone because everyone has to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we need to be finding ways to create our own ability to, you know, feed ourselves, feed those around us, um, and do so in a sustainable way where, you know, we're replenishing the soil and using it in a responsible matter, manner, uh, instead of, you know, stripping it completely bare of everything and then moving on to the next
0: spot like we do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not uh, sustainable, although I hesitate to use that word because yeah. the certain political elements have co opted it to mean yeah. communism. Everything's a, buzzword. Everything's a buzzword. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
2: we have to build back better.
0: <laughs> I couldn't resist. Yeah, how's that, that going? Uh, <laughs> oh. All right. So it seems like the message starts small maybe just a little bit extra at the grocery store when there's a sale get some staples that are inexpensive now rice you mentioned maybe like oats or wheat so beans dried yeah. beans are easy but definitely yeah definitely so yeah and another another thing to
2: piggyback off that that i forgot to mention and in, in addition to the big box stores Um, look at your restaurant supply stores as well Um, get a membership if you have to have a membership to those Um, those can offer huge amounts of savings if you're buying in
0: bulk Hmm. okay sounds like a good secret restaurant supply stores okay cool all right well thank you very much gentlemen I think this is going to give some people a lot of a lot of tips a lot of help to prepare for what what looks like it's coming in the in the very short future, and to some extent is already here. You know, food shortages, prices increasing. You know, gotta feed themselves, gotta feed our families so we can take care of other people as well who are not as fortunate. Definitely. Any final That's thoughts, good. guys?
2: Uh just do what you can, um, little by little. That's the main thing, is don't get overwhelmed with it because it's it's easily uh, a possibility, like it's easy to do. It's easy to get, you know, daunted by this amount of work that has to be done to get to the point of, uh, sustaining yourself. It's definitely a journey. Um, we still have time, you know, as long as there's still food in the grocery stores, obviously you still have time. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, just, have urgency, but don't get overwhelmed because if you get overwhelmed, then you're going to panic you're going to make the wrong decisions. And, you know, then you're going to be farther behind than if you had stayed calm.
1: So. Good advice. Hard to do one can at a time, one one bag of rice at a time, you know, you don't, don't have to go balls to the wall, right out the gate because then you're going to be at Lowe's trying to buy buy three generators and 16 jugs of gas and, you know, just go to the store, grab a couple extra things and uh, stash it away for a rainy day.
0: Yep. Now is the time to start, and that's why we're making this video. There's no better time to start than today. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Thanks very much, guys. You have a great night. You too. See you, Jeff. Take it easy, guys. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you like what we do here, please like, share, subscribe, comment, and go over to our website where you can offer donations, request help, help us, help people who are in need voluntarily. And we'll see you next time.